Today we begin with a quick update on the Yield Pro Studios in Nevada. We're evacuated. That means we're not there for those in Rio Linda, a town that made me smile as I passed it on the way out. The Caldor Fire continues its steady roll into the Silver State from South Lake Tahoe, California. It has not only affected our Nevada offices, but a number of our staff located in and around Northern California have also been impacted by this and other fires. The Caldor Fire alone has charred over 200,000 acres of forest and real estate across Northern California as of this recording. For decades, we've watched the abandonment of simple forest and water management across the once golden, now charred state. Yet another year, and we're paying the price with our health and our homes. Hundreds of communities destroyed. What will stop the madness? Still, I'm hopeful. In the short term, what will pull us from these ashes is also what has created this still great nation, builders and developers. Those who build towns and make homes from a plot of dirt, or in this case, scorched earth. So while politicians scheme, builders build. In fact, builders teach us all there is to know about reaping the benefits of a life well-lived. Hard work, integrity, simple truth. Builders and developers truly are the backbone of the nation, now and forever. And that is one foundation that will not soon be broken. Builders are the best of humanity, all that is right with the world, especially in these times. Today's guest is one such man, a multi-generational builder from the great and free state of Florida, Salvador Lasessi, president and CEO of Lasessi Development. Sal began at the ground level, scraping floors for his dad's contracting business. He eventually went on to buy the business from his family, and here we are, five decades later. 100 million in annual volume, delivering thousands of apartment units each year with a heck of a lot more in the pipeline. Sal, you're a legend. It's great to have you on the show. Nice to be here, Linda. Thank you very much for inviting me. Family business in Rochester, New York, fast forward now to over 20,000 residential units across nine states and growing. Market rent, mixed use, LIHTC, senior government, subsidized retirement and military, you have built it all, mostly ground up. Walk us through your story and how it's landed you here today. Well, as you mentioned, I started out in the construction business. Uh, we were uh, general contractors building mostly institutional buildings, such as hospitals and nursing homes and university buildings, schools, a lot of schools, so many I can't remember them all. Uh, but along the way, I made friends with some developers who were also builders, but they were building it for themselves. And uh, I liked the idea of uh, building and owning what I built. My dad had told me that we build them, they own them, son. But I saw others that were building and owning, so I started uh, building apartments uh, that you might call left-handed. Uh, while I ran my construction business, I also started a development business and uh, did our first property, which was actually mixed use. It was assisted living and uh, housing for seniors, independent, and Section 8 back in 1972. And it just grew from there. In 1993, I sold my construction business to my employees and I had moved to Orlando to open an office for us in 1985. And that became our permanent development office for Assessment Development Corp. And we've been building multifamily as our primary occupation since then. 
Sal, what's your secret for not only making it through a cyclical business, but coming out on top? What drives you? Well, I don't know if it's being driven or not. Sometimes uh, it's fear. Um, we, we've been through a lot of ups and downs. I've seen uh, recessions, none worse than 2007, 2008, but there were four or five before that that we uh, struggled through with the rest of the economy, unfortunately, because we had great people uh, and great relationships uh, with suppliers, lenders, contractors, etc. We were able to pull through uh, every one of the recessions, including uh, the recession in 2007 to 2009, which came very close to taking us down um, because there was no financing available for refinancing properties that we had under construction. Uh, unfortunately, all of our lenders worked with us uh, and we came through, I'd like to say, with flying colors and even stronger, with even better relationships. Well, Sessie does on the upside of $100 million in construction volume annually. Finding land and labor and rapidly rising supply costs are obstacles for apartment builders. Lasessi, however, is planning to ramp up, adding over a thousand units a year over the next five years. This is still half of your production of 2019. Is this the new normal? Well, in 2019, we were ramping up uh, when we ran into uh, a slowdown and projects that we were going to start in 2020 as a result of uh, mostly the pandemic uh, got shelved uh, temporarily. So we were not able to uh, achieve our volume uh, goals in 2020. But now in 2021, uh, as everybody knows, the market is hotter than it's ever been. And uh, we're back on track to moving to producing about 2,000 units a year as opposed to thousand units a year. 2019, that's about the volume we were uh, tracking was about 2,000 units a year. So we're back We're back to that again. We expect that over the next five years to get more like three or 4,000 units a year, according to our plan. New England, Florida, and Minnesota, a rather eclectic footprint. What's the rhyme and reason of deal selection? Well, Minnesota is the most eclectic. Uh, I had a partner back in the uh, late 90s who had in-laws that lived in Minnesota, and he went up there for Christmas one year. Came back and said, Sal, they had not built any apartments up here. He was from Brooklyn. <laughs> so uh, we sent uh, a land broker, friend of ours, up to Minnesota for a couple of weeks, and he found this beautiful 400-unit site right on a golf course in a third-grain suburb. Everybody in Minnesota thought we were a little crazy, but we went ahead and did it. With, uh, we had a great partner uh, on the project, uh, Sun America. and. Um, it, it was very successful. So ever since then, we've always had a project either under construction or in the pipeline. We actually still have a project under construction in Burnsville. It's almost completed. We just finished and sold one earlier this year at Minnetonka. Uh, whether we'll continue up there, I'm not sure because the partner that was handling all those projects for us has retired. Uh, but the Northeast, we're familiar with. I mean, that's where we're from. I'm originally from Rochester, New York. And we have a lot of experience in upstate New York. And then we got some opportunities that uh, we were able to take uh, advantage of in uh, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, and Elizabeth, New Jersey, and another one came along in uh, Maynard, Massachusetts. Uh, those all came along about the same time. Uh, two of them are completed now. One is under construction, and we just started construction on uh, one in New Hampshire, and we'll be starting the second phase in Elizabeth shortly. So we're sort of 
uh, entrenched in the uh, in the New England Middle Atlantic states. Also, uh, we have good relationships there with lenders and contractors and engineers. So we'll be continue to be very active in that sector. And our home base is Florida. So at least half of our production will come out of our Orlando office in Florida. Fantastic. That is wonderful. Two, uh, $2.5 in real estate, much of it in multifamily. What is the draw to apartments? Well, everybody always needs a place to live. Uh, in other, we've built in other sectors. Uh, we've uh, built Class A office. We've built some retail, but always, we built a hotel. We built Marriott Hotel in Daytona Beach. But it always came back to uh, apartments. Uh, I think it's maybe the easiest sector because you're pretty sure if you've done your homework uh, that your client's going to be there uh, when you're done. If you convince your lenders and your partners to believe the same thing, uh, then you've got a good formula. And that's turned out well for us. We've had very few properties that we've built where we misread the market. And usually it was if we misread it, we misread the demographics and had a higher occupancy in one demographic than we expected uh, in another demographic. But every project that we built has been successful. So multifamily just seemed to be, to me, uh, really the easiest uh, sector, maybe next to logistics, warehouse is, is a pretty simple formula too. Back in the 80s, your company had a hand in panelized construction. Is panelized construction better left to the past or do you see, do you see it having a place in the future? Well, there's different views on that. There's panelized construction and there's modular construction. And they're really different. Modular is building almost a complete unit in a plant somewhere and bringing it to the job. Panelizing in its simplest form is just uh, putting the lumber together and building it offsite and bringing the walls essentially out to the job. That's pretty common and it, it's not going to change, especially in high labor markets. You'll find that panelizing is less expensive than stick built. But when you get into real systems, that all started back in the 60s with uh, George Romney at Department of Housing and Urban Development ran Operation Breakthrough. And of the six or eight uh, companies that participated with different systems, including Jefferson K from Denmark, Inland Steel, and a few others, the only one that survived was Forest City Dillon out of uh, Akron. They were the only one that had a repeatable product. And uh, we happened to have a relationship with them because we had built a mall for them in Niagara Falls. And so when they came into New York State, they started working with us as a general contractor that ran the building themselves because we had good uh, labor relations in the state. And they had a uh, they had a plant that had a tri-party agreement with uh, three of the trades, and they needed a contractor that had good labor relations in New York. So we started out doing that, and it was a wonderful system. It was, it was really terrific. The only reason it isn't uh, active today is because it required repetition. It was really the best for senior housing. And the federal government had a program called the 202 program for senior housing. And we probably did in one year, probably 80% of the production out of the Buffalo area office in 202. And we did it all with this uh, precast concrete system that we could put the building up itself in about 30 days. So it would take us about 30 days for the foundations, 30 days and we'd have a building up in the air. And then we had to finish the interiors and that would take us five or six months. So we could build 150 to 200 units in eight months. There are a lot of systems that say they can do that now. Uh, a lot of them have failed. Um, Katerra is a good example of somebody that's stubbed their toe recently, probably the biggest one with billions of dollars invested, uh, including from SoftBank, as I, as I understand. Uh, and it does seem to be working out. However, there is one in 
Orlando that's owned by some friends of ours, the Fit Rock family. They designed a system that I think for building mid-rise concrete construction. It's not for home building. Uh, it's for mid-rise concrete construction where you can afford it and rents are high enough. It's a terrific system. It's, it's very well engineered and it looks good. It doesn't look monotonous like you might expect a system, but they've done a, they've done a great job with it. From a standpoint of wood frame, there's still a number of people that are putting, trying to put the right spin on that to make wood frame modular, analyzed, automated, call it what you want, construction work. Some of them are scratching the surface of success, but there's not one that's been uh, overwhelmingly successful yet. So is there any interest in single family build to rent? There's a lot of interest in single family build to rent. I think it'll be a, a, a big market going down the road and compete uh, for a certain segment of the multifamily market, uh, mostly in uh, second and third range suburbs uh, with families, because you get a little piece of the yard. The nice thing about single family rentals, and we're thinking about sticking our toe in the water on it on, on one project right now, is that it's pretty easy to build. We're, we're actually, we have one going in, in Rhode Island right now that's duplexes for seniors. And uh, the codes are easier. If you make a mistake on this building, you don't make a mistake on every unit. Uh, you can correct things easily, and it moves moves very quickly. It's a whole different set of subcontractors uh, and a different skill set than you would have in multifamily, which is a little more uh, complicated. So. I, th I think it's here to stay. Uh, and I, there are certain builders, such as some of the major home builders now are getting into it. So we're having major home builders as our competitors today. And obviously they're, they're well-financed, they can purchase land. And what it's done in some areas is driven up the cost of, of land, which as we know, it drives up the cost of a home or drives up, the cost, or drives up rents uh, because there's such a demand for it. But yes, it's here to stay. Well, it's definitely the bell of the ball. Right now. You work with institutional investors. How's that pipeline in today's economy? I have to say that there's more money available uh, than there ever has been in my experience. And that's uh, 50 years. So part of it is uh, the asset class is very attractive to investors. And part of it is the government has pumped trillions of dollars into the economy that's not sitting in somebody's mattress. That's in a bank account someplace that belongs to somebody and they're renting it out if they aren't spending it. And uh, those are investors. There's a big demand for both the finished product and the to be built product. Uh, whereas we would have three or four uh, investors look at one of our deals. We probably have six or eight now, double that. And where we would have five to 10 look at buying a completed project. It's not unusual to have over uh, 20 people submit proposals, 20 different organizations submit proposals for completed products on the deals that we do as merchant builders as opposed to for our own account. So there's a lot of money available today. How long it will last, we don't know. Well, nothing lasts forever. <laughs> That's true, nothing lasts forever. Something, something will burst the bubble. Yeah. We're just not sure what it's going to be. So where does that leave your view on apartments, your outlook? Well, the near-term outlook is very strong, very bullish. Um, I listened to a podcast that Willie Walker had where he had Ed Fish uh, as his guest. And Ed is one of the largest contractors, if not the largest contractor in the Northeast uh, out of Boston. And um, Suffolk Construction is the name of his company. And he, he's very bright and into the markets. And his position on it was there's no better time to build than right now. And I agree with him 100%. There's no better time to build. Things are more expensive, they aren't going to get less expensive. They may come down a little bit, but it's just going to be a blip in the, in the curve. Um, and 
there's no question the need is there. It's harder and harder for uh, families to buy homes. Uh, we don't have no doc loans anymore. Uh, down payments are a reality. Low interest rates have saved the uh, the market from that standpoint up to now, uh, because a homeowner uh, family can can still afford the mortgage payment, but they can't always afford the down payment. And lifestyles are changing. You've got more and more uh, households with no children, and they're choosing a lifestyle other than multi-family, uh, single-family. Actually, they're, they're choosing a multi-family lifestyle. It could be anything from single-family rentals to a mid-rise in a very walkable area of downtown. The walkability score was something you never heard of uh, 15 years ago, but today it's one of the most important things uh, for certain types of product is your walkability score. Well, that's a recommendation to take to the bank. Sal, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show today. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Rome may be burning, the earth turning to salt and the moon to blood, but the sows of the country inspire hope and the energy to fight another day. Opportunity in this great country of ours is only limited by desire and ability. Constitutional freedoms and liberties afford us the framework to conduct business within free markets. Businesses like Lasessi have built this rich and prosperous nation. The fight for housing remains one of the most noble. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our show. Look for our next exciting episode of NAHB Power Hitters.